Yeah. I... Hello, and welcome to episode three? Three? Episode three, yeah. Three. Yeah. Episode three. <laughs> That's a good start, isn't it? Episode three of Chewing the Fat uh, with me, Phil Cobley, and my co-host, Adam Furman. How are you doing today, Adam? Love and life. Love and life. <laughs> uh, really good. Re- really good, thank you. Good. Not ill, not tired. So yeah, all good. Good, good, excellent. Uh, re- recovered from the disappointment of last night's uh, kind of round ball sporting. Yeah, event. the round ball. Yeah, it, was it a disappointment or did I expect it? I expected it, so I wasn't disappointed. Did I just, you? you? You know, they did us proud. They so, did, and um, yeah, they did. Sorry, sorry, everyone. We couldn't, we couldn't do this episode the day after the final of the uh, Euros with England being in the Euros without actually mentioning the Euros. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I I watched it and I must admit I was disappointed. I genuinely believed um, yeah. that it's the first time ever we've had an English team where I actually genuinely believe that we could have done something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was gutted for the team, but very yeah. proud of them, very, very proud of them. Just yeah. Uh, yeah, the result didn't go our way, but just the fact that we were there, exactly, amazing. amazing. So yeah. um, big shout out to to the boys and to to Gareth Southgate, amazing job. It, exactly, and I'm sure they're listening. So I'm sure well they done, are. Gareth I'm sure they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those regular digital forensic podcast listeners that they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. See you later. See you later. We're, we're under two minutes in, and we've already gone off on a tangent. There we go. <laughs> Um, we we actually once again have a very full um, uh, schedule for our for our podcast today. Um, we have got a, we've had a very very awesome interview with uh, the legend that is Kevin Mansell um, yeah. here from here in the UK, uh, who uh, f- founded and and still uh, manages and runs uh, Control F Digital Forensics Training Company. Um, and uh, yeah, we had we had good fun with Kevin uh, last week when we recorded. I think. Yeah, um, it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we had really good fun with Kevin. Uh, he's a lovely bloke, uh, really nice guy, and uh, uh, and so um, well informed. I would say. Yeah. Um, so very very valid views and thoughts. So we we, we caught up with him uh, to discuss training and training certification uh, and kind of competence and accreditation. Yeah. Uh, in digital forensics so uh, yeah that was really good fun um, so we that was quite a long interview that we ended up having um, I mean Adam and I running over on time <laughs> it's not going to happen yeah. <laughs> it never yeah. happens yeah completely by accident um, but uh, yeah I think we decided to keep most of it um, afterwards so we're going to try and keep the rest of this short <laughs> yeah we, we did or I did I ran into a few technical issues. Um, I Did. went against my own beliefs and tried to record on a Windows machine, and it let me down, and my camera <laughs> dropped out, and I had a few sound issues. So if my sound quality is low, please forgive me. Um, I have now worked out what I needed to do, so it's hmm. all recorded now. I'm back on a Mac, so my camera won't drop out. And um, But, yeah, apologies for when we get to that part. <laughs> yeah. Or that part. I've still got to put it together, so hopefully I can redeem something, but... Yeah, well, there there was a couple of bits where I think the camera dropped out and you dropped out yeah. and had to rejoin and yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Um, we 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 managed to 
to kind of bumble through it and yeah yeah as you do and, um, and and people will listen to that part for kev not me so uh i mean it's true um i don't want to say it but yeah, yeah. it's true <laughs> it's a well, break it's a break from you and me talking isn't it <laughs> exactly yeah. and as people will find out kevin has a shrine in the UK at a certain um, police organisation. He does. It was news to me. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know you've made it when you've got forces mm. building you a shrine in their lab. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as long as there's no, like, sacrifices and stuff, that'd be a bit weird. That would but, be weird. That'd be a bit weird. But um, you never know. Um, yeah. You never know. But, um, but yeah, so we're going to... Uh, he, he also, he was also, before I forget, uh, very kind enough to leave us, was it two forensic faux pas? I yeah, think? two forensic faux pas. And um, when you hear them, if you are part of them, please get in touch. Yeah, um, uh, yes. Only a few... There, there was, it was to do with training courses. Um, both of them were to do with training courses. And uh, no details were disclosed as to who was necessarily on those training courses. Um, but if you were part of them and you remember the incidents that happened, please do get in touch. Um, just kind of let us know because that that would just top it off, I think. Uh, yeah. But they were they were very good, very good faux pas. So uh, thank you to Kevin for for recording those of this as well. Um, we do actually have some more faux pas, uh, but we've kind of got banked, ready to go, um, that have been sent in, but we're probably going to have to do those on uh, another show. Um, so if you have written into us and we don't read out your faux pas, um, then don't worry, it's not that we're, <laughs> we're not ignoring you, we will. Yeah. We will get round to it um, at one of the episodes. Um, so yeah, without further ado, shall we crack on with the news? Industry Sounds news. Sounds good to me, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be, we're going to blitz through this because um, I know normally we take about half the show talking about the news, but we don't don't have the uh, time and space this episode, do we? No, not at all. Um, so just kind of rounding up uh, a few things, um, and obviously we've put all of the links in the descriptive uh, pages below um, and with the episode. So um, if we're talking about anything or mentioning anything and, and uh, you want to learn a little bit more or you want to read into it, then then just go and visit those links. Uh, if we do miss anything, then just let us know and we'll, we can update that. Uh, but we'll try and yeah. put what, whatever we can in there. Um, but just one of the, our main sponsor for mobile, um, they have had some recent project updates um, on track, uh, doing some really good work. Um, they've been doing, putting a lot of... Um, bits out from their uh, sister project, Locard, um, and which is all around kind of, at the, mo the latest updates I saw are all around kind of uh, implementing blockchain in the uh, in digital forensic investigative processes, which I think, I think is pretty cool, actually. That is pretty um, awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, and if we can, interestingly, um, we're going to scoot over kind of a little bit of that. Um, there are some really cool updates, though. Go visit the links um, in description. But interestingly, um, there was an article for, uh, it was in Forensic Focus, but I actually kind of went and found the article from Science Direct as well that was linked in there. Um, but it was uh, Hanscom, Digital Forensics as a Service. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a, an open digital forensics platform from the NFI, uh, which is the Norwegian Forensic Institute, um, uh, and it's it's essentially a kind of they, they've done papers on it over the last few years, um, and it is this concept of digital forensics as a service, like you would kind of desktop as a service or kind of yeah. storage as a service, platform, or platform as a service yeah. all that yeah. stuff. 
Um, and yeah, I, I've, they're trying to kind of pr promote this idea of, yeah, kind of putting everything in the cloud, kind of making it available uh, to kind of log in, register and requests. What, and that, that will have tools on? or, I, or? I don't know exactly if it's going to have the tools on. Um, I think it's more around um, uh, the investigative process, the chain of custody, and the case oh, management yeah. side of things. Yeah. Um, with, I think the tools will eventually get there, and I think the whole idea and concept of, of um, digital forensic service with the software going into the cloud and becoming more of a cloud service mm -hmm. rather than an individual machine licensing mm -hmm. kind of setup um, is probably going to grow. But yeah, they kind of is this case management kind of investigative chain kind of yeah sounds thing. really interesting. Um, yeah, the 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 forensic focus um, article is really really good. Um, it's quite in depth. It covers a load load of ground. Um, but there are some links in there, and and one of the ones that I did uh, pick up and have a quick read was for the Science Direct article they did because they've, they've done uh, actual published academic papers on the theory and the concept and all this kind of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, go check that out. That's that's pretty cool. Um, there's uh, all one that I missed, um, which was uh, with Windows 11, the announcement of Windows 11 coming out. Um, well, you, you, you mean, you, you've seen the GIFs where they're basically just print, move, Windows start bar to center, close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Or it's, if if it was like in the in a Linux environment, it would be like MV, yeah. <laughs> Wind, Windows ten, Windows eleven, <laughs> return. <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I find Windows eleven funny, given that when Windows ten came out, Microsoft said there'll be no more versions of Windows. Windows ten is yeah. it. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Um, and now they've released. Well, they're releasing Windows eleven. Which, yeah. yeah, I just, I did laugh. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you so, think with um, OS X that generally doesn't change much. That, that they mm. end up just adding new features, but the actual core of it stays the same. I, I thought Windows were going to do the same when they said no more. We're Windows Ten, and, and Windows Ten works pretty well. Yeah, yeah, um, it does the trick. But it is going to. I guarantee everyone's going to move that start menu back to the left. Probably, because it will be configurable. Oh yeah, yeah. It will just come out. Of the, it will just be the default to that, won't it? Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sold on it. I'm, I'm still not necessarily a fan of docs um, and stuff. Even, even in my yeah. Linux machines, I end up still kind of having a very similar interface. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But there was there was a so, someone described Windows 11 to me as um, Windows 10 with enhanced CSS. Yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell yeah oh, well, yeah actually probably um, but the article that I'm mentioning uh, was on ETW uh, so event tracing in Windows um, and it's a short article but uh, some interesting links details information about some research and kind of uh, bits and pieces that someone's done around um, just this event tracing and Windows how it now works within Windows 11 uh, yeah. I presume with one of the beta or dev builds yeah. um, and it's got some links in there to some really useful github repos um, okay. so uh, I haven't dropped those on onto our descriptive page but um, 
yeah, if you go into the article um, for Windows 11 ETWs, then uh, there's yeah some really good uh, yeah. repos and stuff you can go and have and, a look at. And that's the great thing with beta and dev builds, isn't it? Is that our community gets in, yes, breaks it all apart, and um, has a look. And while we're on the beta subject, shall I talk about my findings in iOS 15? I, I think that's probably a good that's a good link in. That's yeah, that's better than one of yeah. my tenuous links that I normally yeah, do. Yeah, so that. <laughs> There's lots of changes in iOS 15. Um, for example, Find My iPhone now still works when it's turned off, or it's actually Find My Network. It yeah, creates a link to its, to its last known network. Mm. Um, I haven't tested what trace that actually leaves, but the biggest thing that impressed me mm. was Spotlight. So when you pull down to search on iOS 15 now, and you carry a search out, like the demo I gave Phil was I searched for the word danger. And it brings up the normal links, the internet links for danger, songs, apps, that sort of stuff. But at the very bottom is photos. It is now indexed my photos. And when I looked for the word danger, it found danger in a photo I took of an in-flight magazine. Which is pretty cool. It's understandable. And, and highlights you, you know, everything. It's, it's like, yeah. yeah. So it's text. It can read text from a photograph of a magazine, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and some, people will, really some people will probably go like, oh, it's just OCR, it's just recognition. Yeah. It's, pff, that's nothing, we've had that for ages. But here's the next cool bit, go on. Yeah, <laughs> so, the, so the best part was then I showed Phil a photo of my little little boy, sat in our living room, and I could see Phil's face going, well, there's no, is it? And there was a box behind my son with handwritten danger on it. Mm. And iOS 15 Spotlight picked that word up. Yeah. And that was that impressed me. Yes, and and worryingly, I was just thinking actually while you while we were kind of about to go on on air, um, the the way that that text was written in that photo reminded me of kind of one of those I am not a robot things where it's like what yeah. read the text from this obscure and you know you get them wrong fifty percent of the time because even yeah. as a person you can't read half the things in there, um, right. you know it's just like is that is that a is that an is that an A is that a yeah, it, e? it, what is it? it? Um, and, and yeah, that danger stuff, it, it looked so absurd because it was at an angle, it was handwritten, yeah. it, the light was on it a bit funny, Yeah, um, and it still managed to pick it out. And yeah, yeah very impressive. But, and, and Phil sort of raised the question, well, when does that happen? I, I don't, during the update process, when I updated to iOS 15, I know when you take a photograph, it now offers you translation as soon as you take the photo. Yeah. So yeah. it's scan and photo, but... I should imagine it was in the update process that it indexed or ran OCR over all my images. Yeah, I imagine so. But still, it's um, yeah, quite impressive. And and you know, you raise the question: where where, where is that stored? What database yeah. is that in? Where where are we going to find it? Because it's somewhere. It's exactly it's somewhere. Um, yeah. So is it something that we're going to be able to get out of a, a standard backup? Is it going to be something that we're going to need to deep dive into? Uh, yeah. full, full file system? What? Yeah. Looking forward to it, and um, mm. I'm sure our friend Mr. Hickman will have a valid image file for us to all test soon. I, I've no doubt he will. And uh, and yes, talking of Josh Hickman, um, he has he's got a new blog, um, which I was also going. It's funny, you know. It's almost like you knew what we were going to talk about in the news, Adam. Yeah. So again, another another great link. Um, but he's got a new blog called Find My My and iCloud's Throne of Lies. Um, I 
it's I a good bloke names this article yes yeah um and <laughs> it's the it's the gif that he's put at the beginning of the article as well the uh, it's yeah. a throne of lies um from elf i think um yeah. you sit on a throne of lies um, but yeah it's a really good article I, oh, obviously you know josh does some fantastic articles and um yeah in there he's talking about iCloud and the kind of find my kind of applications and and services and stuff Um, and in there he actually kind of mentions about turning off your phone and and the activity being recorded even in in an off state or an on state and whether or not whether or not what it claims it can do is actually what is it's able to do and what's happening Um, I won't I won't give the game away too much because um, I think it's, I think it's a very good read, but it also really highlights the importance of understanding and implementing network isolation properly for yeah. seized devices. Um, yeah, I yeah I did enjoy it. It's a good read. Yeah. Um, so so as always, thank you, Josh. Um, who yeah who he ha- actually go on he. he- he ended up pushing out two um, blog posts in June, so I think there's another one on there as well. I think he released one on the 17th and the 25th. It was as if he went, ha-ha, Phil and Adam had just recorded the podcast, now I'm going to drop a couple of links. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, he, did, he did email us this week, or last week, yeah. um, saying that he, he's, we're, we're, we're probably going to be able to get him on the show at some point uh, in the next yeah. few months, so uh, looking forward to that. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I think he was just trying to... Make our lives more difficult on purpose, chuckling to yeah. himself. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's again link in the in the description below. Um, uh, there was also a, a, an article on resetting your IoT device before reselling it isn't enough. Researchers find. Um, I know what reset I would do to my any Alexa devices and things like that. It would that? be a hammer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the old days of the hard drive and a nail, just putting it through the platters. Yeah. Just be like, there you go, done. Um, exactly. Yeah, open it up, get as much dust in there as you can, just kind of yeah. scratch it all up. And, yeah. A bit like the devices that get seized by um, major investigation teams and go, can you get something from that? Those those sort of devices. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. I remember... I remember uh, there was the the fo- one of the phones I did before I finished. We kind of um, I think we talked about it with Heather, uh, where kind of the guy scrunched it up and it was literally like half a one hundred five with like most of it missing. Um, that was great fun. And uh, uh, another one was a, a laptop that a suspect had uh, in in the throes of pursuit uh, had launched it underneath a moving car, um, and so this laptop was kind of it had it still had the tire marks on it. And so it was kind of, yeah, kind of run over a few times in the middle of a busy road. Um, and that kind of came to me in pieces. And I go, what can you get out of that? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> don't know. Um, got something, though. It wasn't, it wasn't total loss. But, yeah, so that's that article, resetting your IoT device before reselling it isn't enough. Um, yeah. I, I'd like to think that for a lot of us this is common sense for us in the industry. I would- I'd like to think so, yeah. Yeah, but it um, is it is a good read. Um, yeah. So to be uh, honest, though, if you if you reset your phone nowadays, like I buy test devices off eBay, mm. and the first thing I do is do a physical on it. Oh, gotcha. And they're, they're they're pretty good now. They're pretty good. That it, it just does come back with stock. Mm. So I'm, I've been quite disappointed. <laughs> fun stuff. 
Well, this 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 article is uh, all based around some uh, essentially some forensic analysis on the device. Mm-hmm. So someone did get some. Uh, I can't remember if they got in some secondhand devices or if they used their own. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did some forensic analysis. And it's like, what what I, what can I get out of here? What's going to be there? Oh, yeah. that was my phone going off. Um, yeah. So uh, go and have a read of that. I think it's a yeah. it's a good little. Thing. Good, um, good, good. What have we got next? We're going to talk about Raven that was launched by MSAB. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, you're obviously the, the the person to kind of tell us about that one. Um, but it actually looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, um, it's basically XRY deployed to an Android device. It can be provided by MSAB or literally, if if your organisation uses Androids, you pay for a license and you get access to download the. The APK. So, so you can actually get XOI on the phone, it's, and then you down, well it, and then you kind of over. Yeah, the cable. it's 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 got the same fun or similar functionality to XOI. Mm. So not full functionality, but it's got enough to do um, logical Bluetooth that that sort of thing. And it's it's mainly intended for like victim witnesses mm, or okay. a, or a, yeah. So it can do can um, it do targeted extractions then? Don't think it can at the moment. You wouldn't turn up and do a physical extraction with it. No, no. Um, it's no. developed for sort of rapid. You sit outside a nightclub as a police officer. You've got your your work phone on you. A victim witnesses or a witness is videoing an incident happening outside a nightclub where somebody gets glass, gets bottled. Mm. They've got their precious life in their hand, their phone. They don't want to give it up. Yeah. With Raven, the officer could pop along do a quick Bluetooth extraction of the video. They can even sign the consent form on the handset. It's all wrapped up, and that can then be brought in to examine and created as an XRY file. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you can actually do phone forensics or get phone evidence without having to seize the phone. Yeah. And um, yeah, and more and more is going to be added into the capability of it. Um, but it's pretty cool. That is pretty, that is pretty cool in Paris. Um, yeah. Nice. And the actual and the actual kit, if you if you get it from MSAB, comes in a really cool little pelly case. With a, <laughs> I think it's in it. I think it's a. I think it comes shipped with an S twenty one. Oh, nice. So, but, um, okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. So, everyone, everyone, everything's better in a pelly case. Yeah. Of course it is. Pelly cu- cases cu- are cool. Custom cut foam and everything. Just, yeah. 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 Absolutely yeah. awesome. But, um, but yeah, obviously a lot more on MSAB's website. Um, they put a few um, sort of YouTube promotions and stuff like that about it. So, um, mm. but yeah, so be sure to give it a, a link or ask um, someone from MSAB for a demo. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much. Nice. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, we'll put the link below for that one. Um, I think we've only got one more thing that I was going to mention, um, and that was a, an article that came out from the Hacker News. Um, yeah. And it's uh, Android apps with 5.8 million installs caught stealing users' Facebook passwords. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a nine apps in total uh, which came out, and one of them was over 5 million installs on its own. So there's a few yeah. that kind of had a lot fewer. But, um, yeah, just show it's a really good article. Uh, Hacker News is, you know, they kind of yeah. well well-known source. Um, of these things, and it, yeah, it's, it 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 really highlights the importance of, for people to be vigilant when they're looking yeah. at these apps, and um, and also the fact that these these malicious apps are still out there. Yeah. So from a forensics perspective, 
um, I think it's still really important for for investigators, even if they can't yet, or they're not kind of at a level where they they feel they can, to get some training and experience in being able to reverse engineer some of these apps and investigate these apps and kind of go into yeah. the databases and kind of break them down and, and kind of learn how they, they function and learn how they work. Um, because they exist, they're committing criminality, crimes, they're kind of, um, you know, and people are... Um, un- and installing. what about if someone offered, if someone offered a defence? I didn't do that. I must have installed an app that, you know, the old malware defence. Yes, yeah, you know, it's it's no difference to malware reverse engineering with computers, is it? Exactly. Got yeah, yeah. So um, and yeah, so some of these apps were uh, things like really mundane things like horoscopes and stuff like. And there's one called Rubbish Cleaner. Why would you download that anyway? Because um, <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then there was a couple of uh, lock locker apps as well, mm. uh, kind of yeah. like uh, app lock. App Lock Keep and uh, yeah. Lock It Master and App Lock yeah. Manager. Manager. Um, and this is where just people are just next, next, next when they're installing. They're not taking care of what permissions are being asked for. No. Or um, researching the apps. They're not researching. Yeah. They think because it's on the store, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and that's not always the case. So, um, so yeah, really interesting article um, that kind of just wanted to throw in there as well into the mix. Um, so go and check them all out. But no, I think we've done very well. We've wrapped the news up in 25 minutes. Which we normally take a lot longer to do. (laughs) But to be fair, we did say before we recorded, max 20 minutes. Yeah, we've even still gone over. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we really need to just stop kind of putting time limits on things and just go, it will take what it takes. So so who was it said the other day that um, their favourite phrase or they, they kind of heard during one of the shows was like, me turning around and saying, but I'm very conscious of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they're like, oh, you say it all the time. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so. But we're clearly not. No, no. no. But but saying that, I am conscious of time. So um, let's, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> um, I think it's time we, we, we cracked on with the interview you had with Kevin Mansell. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, so we'll cut to that and we'll have all the introductions in that recording. And we're on. We are on. Um, Right. We are here. Here today with the man, the legend that is... Kevin Mansell, and if I had a cheering kind of whooping sound, I would put a cheering whoop. I gotta go. And it, and it, more budget, more budget, yeah, more and budget. And he's a legend because I've been in the police unit where they've got his posters up everywhere. <laughs> Just to be clear, there aren't any posters. Not wanted posters. <laughs> That's not. They're, they're actually hail <laughs> King <laughs> Kev. Aw- awkwardly, then they they made those. Uh... <laughs> is that is that better or worse than uh, than actually buying one? It's not clear, is it? But did, I am concerned. Just just to, for a legal perspective, did you give permission for your uh, your your kind of? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember being being asked necessarily. One of the York, yeah, it's this like a... is in one of the Yorkshire forces. Maybe it'd be it'd be even better if it was like some kind of surveillance video where it was through a crowd and you were kind of looking kind of a little bit. No, this is definitely a little shrine. 
Yeah. yeah. Little, shrine, little shrine to Kevin Mansell. Amazing. That's a so, concern. There's not that many people that can say they've had a shrine yeah. built in a police state. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm not often lost for words, but um, yeah, just feeling mildly <laughs> awkward. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't think we were going to, after all that pre-chat, you didn't think we were going to ambush you, <laughs> you or something like that. Were you? <laughs> not, quite, not quite so early, yeah. anyway. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, well, Kevin, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your schedule. We know how busy you are, but thank you for joining us. Um, it is genuinely a pleasure. Um, for those who don't know, Mr. Mansell, Mr. Kevin Mansell, is uh, he, he's the, the owner, founder, um, kind of lead trainer, genius, cleaner, cleaner uh, <laughs> admin clerk <laughs> of... <laughs> Of the uh, the the uh, very very well known in the UK particularly and becoming more widely uh, well known uh, the Control F uh, digital forensics training company uh, based in uh, Cambridgeshire in the UK. So um, yeah, thank you thank you ever so much for being here with us. Um, thank you for the invite. No, it's uh, I'm just very pleased you said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those people who don't know necessarily or haven't heard of Control F or are unsure. Would you be? Would you mind kind of give us a little bit, a little bit, a little bit about you? You've got a bit of history with the industry, the digital forensic community, and just tell us kind of where Control F came from and, and where your kind of beginnings in digital forensics started, please. Yeah, so my my beginnings in digital forensics started, I guess, with being made redundant, um, which um, was. Uh, uh, not a turn of events that anyone ever necessarily wishes for. Although actually, I, I kind of did wish that my, my lesson from from that particular employment that I was going through, I was uh, working in a software engineering background for uh, a company that was uh, selling software to find fraud on telecoms networks. Um, so outside of digital forensics, outside of uh, law enforcement, but I guess in some ways there was kind of a parallel because we were using technology to try and help find people who were up to no good, yeah. um, albeit it wasn't normally involving in kind of criminal prosecutions. It was about like a telecoms operator being able to bump people off off their network and onto somebody else's, probably onto a <laughs> <Yeah>. competitor's. But um, <laughs> I, I guess that was interesting to me because it was how can we use technology for a, for a kind of societal good. But hmm. um, the, the company was um, great people at ground level at a technical level the work bees should we say or what have you um less than inspiring management um <laughs> perhaps and i was kind of disillusioned and i actually wished at you know at one point to be it was like uh, yeah redundancy would yeah. be great and and then it happens <laughs> and then you're like okay <laughs> i didn't really did i and i kind of guess the the message from that was if you wish for something hard enough then, it, yeah. then it'll come true uh, yeah um, wow. but, but during that period, um, towards the latter end of that role, I had already started to kind of, I suppose, uh, find out about uh, high-tech crime investigation within the UK. And, and uh, as you may uh, know that at that time, we had a national high-tech crime unit. Um, so this is back in kind of 2003 time, I suppose. Uh, mm -hmm. National high-tech crime unit based at Docklands um, and in London and managed to make kind of contact with the National High Tech Crime Unit with an individual there who um, dispensed advice about, you know, about routes into the industry and this, that and the other. And, and one day 
he called me um, after saying that they couldn't kind of recruit civilian staff directly. And he said, how do you feel about a training job? Um, and it was one of those where it was a little bit left field. Um, mm. I'd done a small amount of kind of customer training before, but very minimal. Um, and it was one of those whereby you're not going <laughs> to turn something down straight away, bearing in no. mind uh, you, were, you were effectively unemployed. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, to cut a, a long story a little bit shorter, I came up to the facility at Wyboston here on the Cambridgeshire Bedfordshire border, met the team that was doing high-tech crime training for law enforcement in the UK. That was so I think I spoke on the Monday, came up on the Tuesday, job application in by the end of the week, um, and then became a trainer with um, uh, yeah, the Centre of National High-Tech Crime Training within UK Policing back in January 2004. I started there. So, so three years teaching uh, kind of digital forensics and high-tech crime investigation for the police. And then in 2007, um, founded Control F. So, um, which I guess really to do the same kind of thing, teaching folks how to, to recover evidence um, safely. Um, and of course, interpret that evidence and, and, and find meaning within it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of scary to think that, you know, Control F started back in 2007 and here we are in 2021. Mm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's in a journey, but yeah, yeah, go from strength to strength. I think uh, with Control F because it's it's grown quite a bit, hasn't it? From yeah. from those early days of just you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as with as with all small businesses, I, I I guess like kind of thing. You know, back in the early days, and we're talking two thousand and four, it was. Uh, it was me and a laptop and a printer and a credit card, and that's like kind of it. Um, and, and at those days, the thing that I remember probably most from those very, very early days was the fact that uh, the, the backups of the data as a business at that point um, went onto a CD. You know, they went onto a 700 meg like kind of CD. And, 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 you, and we laugh like kind of thing because you think about, yeah, if you had to back up your organization's data to a CD these days, there would be quite a few of those involved. But there was yeah. there was CD first of all, and then after a while it needed to go yeah. to DVD like kind of thing. And then, nice. um, yeah, we've moved on since then. But, uh, <laughs> you'll be pleased to hear. Yes. And obviously, you, you took the direction of adding computer forensics to your syllabus as well. Yes, we did. Um, so that was a, a decision, and I had been. Um, we have, uh, you know, a number of uh, full-time permanent staff, but we also have a number of, as, as you know, uh, kind of contract trainers who, who teach for us on an associate basis. And um, some of those guys had considerable experience in computer forensics and had been teaching computer forensics, and or, sorry, not been teaching it, but been involved in it for you know longer than mobiles. They had started in computers yeah. and then moved into into phones so we had a, a large amount of I guess untapped um, experience and knowledge and skills there and so the guys nagged me routinely um, saying look we could offer something control F could offer something in in computer forensics and it takes a while but eventually eventually um, uh, that kind of bubbled to, to, to the top of the list and yeah we've we've been really pleased in terms of the, the kind yeah. of take up that we've had for that over um, you know over the last couple of years it's it's, it's definitely like kind of yeah. on the up yeah. so that's good and you sort yeah. of said it took a while I don't think people until they've been in sort of a training industry realize how much how many hours it takes to deliver just like an hour's worth of course content i think people often overlook that 
there's there's a lot of time um and and it's funny because we laugh internally about the amount of gear and 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 Phil's actually kind of seen this firsthand the yes. amount of gear involved in running that training I didn't think that you know um, handset forensics, mobile forensics training, it could be any worse than that in terms of phones and cables and card yeah. readers and uh, and everything else. And yet we completely blew that away on the computer side, like kind of thing, because we've got multiple tower exhibits that people end up mm. exhibiting and stuff like that. So it's the amount of gear um, kind <laughs> of... When I teach either the, the, the Python stuff or we teach like the data analysis, looking at hex analysis, it's just a charm. It's because it's, it's like laptop, if yeah. it's on a USB drive and yeah. there's no cables, there's no phones, there's, <laughs> it's just like a blessed relief. I, I, I must confess, because because um, as some, some of our listeners will know, I, I, I have to do some of the, do some training for you, Kev, don't I? Um, mm-hmm. We've worked together in the past on a number of things, but um, when I I actually recently sat in uh, and observed on, on the computer course that Kevin was just talking about, um, uh, with a view to eventually uh, teaching at some point, and. Uh, yeah, I was amazed having gone from uh, kind of delivering and, and, and kind of learning about the SAF course, the smartphone app forensics, which, which like you say, is essentially other than a couple of phones, it's essentially a laptop and kind of analysis work. Um, and then going to the computer course and walking in the classroom on day one and just looking at the number of Pelly cases and kit yeah. and just thinking, I, I how? <laughs> it's, How? It's, 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 it's kind of ridiculous. We have taken it on the road. We have delivered it on, on site with a customer. Whether the, the trainers the that delivered it that time, yeah. Whether the trainers that delivered that would ever sign up yeah. to do that again, I don't know. But there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's that was a lot of kit. Just just moving it from from the classroom back to the office at the end of the course was <laughs> that was that was a major operation. Yeah. Was, you know, like. Yeah. Like kind of proper crane work needed there. So, so yeah, nearly fourteen years in, or fourteen years in, and still still <laughs> yeah. learning, still still haven't quite figured out how to do it in an intelligent way. But there you go. But um, but that I mean, all that time in in training um, and and within the, the the training industry, you've become quite. I genuinely mean it when I say you've become. Uh, Adam, I'm sure, yeah. will back me up on this. Uh, quite a legend in well, the industry. Well, there's the shrine. So, legend players. Yeah. yeah, there's the shrine. There's the shrine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you're 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 kind of like the um to to, to take the phrase you're, you're kind of the household name or his household name in in training um like mr muscle yes like mr muscle or or, or like Silip bang yeah. or something like that <laughs> yeah, um yeah yeah uh, but, but with your your because uh, the tagline isn't it it's uh we make it we make sense make it make sense which is what you do you kind of you know people go on the course and, and they come away and they go that makes sense now i get it um which is which is fantastic but with Given how fast this industry moves, because we all know how quickly this mo- this industry moves, how quickly technology changes. I mean, not even just from kind of feature phones through to the smartphone kind of evolution, but but even on a six monthly basis, the amount of changes that happen and the the way that it impacts the industry. I mean, you you must have seen some considerable change in the kind of content that you deliver and the the challenges that people face that you need to try and help them resolve. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's interesting um, because, firstly, one of the things I, I, I 
perceive or the way I kind of see it is I, I kind of see it like a treadmill working in this industry and, and certainly delivering training in this industry is like being on a treadmill, right? Like it's like, it's not going to stop. It's going to yeah. keep going. And so if you want to play a part in that, you commit to running at a certain pace because, because you know, you know, both of you know um, from having worked in the industry long enough is that if you don't keep that pace up, you're going to become yeah. irrelevant, right? You, because your content's going to become dated and people are going to know that it's dated and, and yeah, then your credibility suffers and everything else. So, so there has to be, you know, a commitment, I guess, to, you know, to, to continuing to, to develop your own knowledge uh, internally through research and development. But, you know, simple things like refreshing devices um, uh, as well as like kind of the slide content and, and everything else because yeah. it, it, it doesn't stay the same. And that becomes more challenging. You know, we've got more courses now, of course, than, you know, than, than we did at the start. And the more courses you have, the more updates yeah. there are to do. But mm. we see it a lot on the acquisition side. Yeah, So when you're looking at, you know, acquisition of data, of course, there's windows of opportunity aren't there that like kind of open up because a certain exploit or capability will come around um, and, and they have a finite period of time and then they kind of close so um, you know the point I made about the um, the I guess that the slightly calmer life of delivering analysis training or you know like kind of the coding stuff without all the equipment there's a slightly kind of um, perhaps slower pace perhaps as far as you know on the analysis side maybe in terms of the the fundamental kind of skills that you need whereas as you know on, on the acquisition side I mean we used to run training in Flasherbox forensics um, we've run training on um, kind of uh, Android uh, uh, exploits and defeating encryption and, and they were great yeah. at the time and yeah. then either that gets integrated into a commercial tool, at which point that kind of, you know, that need goes away. Or alternatively, you know, the device manufacturer kind of just closes yeah. the door. Yeah, through an application, an OS update or something like that. So <laughs> it definitely, definitely keeps you on your, definitely keeps you on your toes. Yeah, I, I th yeah, absolutely. And, and do, you, do, you, do you think that the pace of that change is increasing as time goes on? I kind don't. Of yeah, I don't know. I mean, in terms of obviously there was a huge shift um, and I'm old enough and I have enough grey hair, as I mentioned, with the like kind of dates to, you know, have been working in mobile forensics pre-iPhone. Um, and it's interesting because just prior to earlier, I, I was digging out a presentation that I gave back in 2007 um, and, you know, just looking at some of the things um, that uh, I was kind of, you know, doing a little bit of future gazing and, and so on and so forth. And I think, you know, that shift, of course, was was massive in terms of because we ended up having or we have now devices that, of course, their capabilities can change completely with just an operating system update, uh, whereas historically, it never updated and you don't these days with a feature yeah. phone right i mean you yeah. don't upgrade the firmware on, on on a feature phone do you unless you're a proper <laughs> nerd um <laughs> so 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 that was a that was of course was a massive game changer um so is the is the pace increasing um i don't i i, I don't know um i think we've still got um, you know, the kind of same trends in terms of data moving to the cloud and stuff, you know, that are longer term kind of uh, shifts. So I don't know if the, I don't know if the pace is necessarily any quicker. I think that was a massive yeah. step change, like kind of thing. Um, but 
yeah, perhaps not so, not so much. I, I don't think it's increasing necessarily. I just think it's yeah. relentless. Yes, yeah. So, so in that case, then, given given a lot of the recent um, changes to the, I suppose the the, the signs of the industry gaining some degree of maturity. I suppose, mm-hmm. um, with um, Adam and I have harked on about it a lot uh, over the last couple of episodes of this and, and just generally in life. Um, but with the introduction of standards such as ISO 17025 and, and kind of these these requirements upon practitioners to demonstrate and have competence mm-hmm. in in what they do, how, how, is that, how have you found that or has it changed the way that people are looking at training from your perspective and, and kind of the, the, the frequency of training, I suppose, is there like or more of a demand for constant refresher training to demonstrate ongoing competence as opposed to maybe back in the day, you might have done a course and got a certificate and said, look, I, I know what I'm doing now. And even 10 years later, you'd still go, look, I've got this certificate from 10 years ago. <laughs> I know what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Has, have you found that kind of the, those standards have maybe changed the industry a little bit in that sense? I think, um, you know, I would, uh, I, I welcome and, and have done in like kind of presentations and talks I've kind of given in the past, you know, welcome the, you know, the move towards kind of uh, uh, having standards um, and, you know, taking away some of <laughs> it's our topic right you know and it's a it's a discussion in itself you know some of that kind of um choice in terms of um how a device gets handled because always can't all be right right you know there are multiple ways of approaching it and some of those will be appropriate and some of them won't so yes. so there should be a framework and there should be um you know a kind of consistency amongst you know different practitioners for example within the same unit but then also across different units within within a country um and internationally as well um so i guess what What's interesting for me is the fact that, of course, the word competence comes up within those, certainly within the um, the accreditation framework that we have in the UK. So it's on it's on the table, right? Nobody can, an organisation cannot deny or pretend that competency isn't important because the yeah. regulator that's overseeing um, and, uh, you know, and leading to the inspections that are kind of happening against those kind of standards says you know, uh, places an emphasis and puts the spotlight on competency. So I think from my side of things, um, that obviously helps a training organization. How can it not help a training organization? But um, what it has meant is that perhaps some organizations that perhaps didn't invest in their staff previously kind of can't really get away with that Mm. anymore because Mm. perhaps historically it would have been kind of cascade or internal like kind of training whereby it's like well you learn from this person and 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 who knows when where that original information came from i I think it has kind of put the 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 need for um you know for for training an external like kind of training onto you know on onto the table and there's an expectation of that being able to say what well, how are you do you know this person to be kind of competent so um yeah. yeah i guess that you know that's to me one of the things that's kind of come from it is that there isn't really anywhere to sort of hide necessarily yeah. in terms of an organization doing the kind of work that we're involved with and not you know investing in its staff yes yeah I, I, yeah, I, I mean, speaking from a, I, I completely agree with that 
uh, what you're saying there as well. And, and speaking from my ex-managerial kind of position when I was managing a digital forensics unit, I think one of the things that I've, and it's it's probably because I did have a training background as well from when I was a, a tutor constable in the training department within the police, but what I was always frustrated with or struggling with was because of the, the pace of change, even before ISO 17025, the pace of change of the industry and how quickly things moved on, it was frustrating to hear how long it had been since people yeah. had had update training and refresher training on things that were now clearly yeah. redundant well, and kind of obsolete. We certainly processes. use the standards in our in my old police unit so, to prove the point that we hadn't had training, whereas we were being knocked back, budgets had been cut, and as soon as UCAS come along and we put it out there that, hey, unless we get validated, we have lost our 17025 status, they then stumped up the cash. Yeah. Funnily enough, uh, then uh, pe people didn't yeah. notice. Just uh, mm. one um, one uh, kind of message, because Phil, you mentioned the competency word, like kind of thing, which is, mm. is clearly used uh, a lot within our industry. But I remember visiting um, CCL Forensics, um, UK, um, uh, you know, service provider in digital forensics that many people would be aware of. And I remember yeah. seeing on, like, it wasn't a poster, but like a kind of plaque or something on the wall there within uh, when I visited their site. Um, the expression that, that competence is the combination of or the sum of uh, education and experience, you know, that it's those two things combined. And that really, I guess, resonated for me. And it's something I've certainly used when I've introduced training courses before, because, of course, we talk about, um, you know, an ACPO principle two, two talks about, um, you know, somebody working on original data needing to be competent. But what yeah. does competence actually mean? And to me, that really, you know, and I sometimes write it as an equation on the whiteboard, you know, education plus experience, you know, and, and we or, or any other like kind of training provider can provide, who's to say whether it's half or whether it's 60, 40 or whatever, whatever the split is, uh, it doesn't matter. But, you know, education is one piece of that. And it's clearly a very important part of it. But the experience is also really important as well, because you can have been on all the training courses in the world and never examined a yeah. device in anger and put those into in, into use or alternatively you could have examined like 2000 devices and had no education yeah. neither of those is right you know is it neither yes. of those uh, would you would consider a competent person it's really having the education and then being able to go back into the workplace and apply and find out how that works in yeah. reality yes yeah um, so so it kind of, it's it's beyond just simply getting a certificate to say that you've been somewhere and achieved or you've got a course and achieved, passed an exam for example absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and i think yeah. in that introduction kind of piece that's often written in uk uh, kind of witness statements from by, by a digital forensics examiner you know they'll tend to and i think rightly state their qualifications but then also i you know uh, i would in terms of writing something like that in their shoes would be to say and i have examined in excess of or yeah in you know examining yeah so their previous reports i used to put in court they, they always begin with certifications and experience so literally how you yeah. just summed it up yeah and it's yeah. those two things isn't it yeah. like kind of thing yeah yeah uh, yeah brilliant I, I like that and that that in it in itself kind of lends itself to that accreditation doesn't it that kind of that idea of well what is an accreditation it ultimately is it kind of is it is it just tick, ticking a box to say i can i can do this here i've got my little mark on my piece of paper to say yep i've done this and then mm -hmm. 
leave it and just just do what you need to do or is, is accreditation more than maybe what we sometimes give it credit for which which is ultimately being able to demonstrate from an organizational perspective um, experience and competence and quality in what you're doing mm. isn't it and and it's, it's we say with the person it's kind of competences experience and formal training and I think it's almost the same with accreditation for an organization it's it's experience with that kind of um, uh, all the all the box ticking as well as that experience and demonstrating your ability to put it all into action I suppose yeah um, it's funny the the accreditation word is is an interesting one and, and, and in 14 years uh, and I'm going to flip it uh, kind of around slightly because you're quite rightly talking there about you know accreditation of a digital forensics unit but of course the question crops up about uh, accreditation of, of training providers and mm -hmm. you know and training courses and it's something whereby um, uh, you know I, I don't think we we haven't got to that point yet and whether we will do is an interesting like kind of uh, crystal ball gazing um, kind of question about you know will we reach the point where like, there are accredited training providers in digital forensics or what have you um, of course we have UCAS as a, you know a, an accrediting body for you know for the, um, for, for, the, for the unit and for the compliance with standard operating procedures and everything else um, but uh, it, over the 14 years that I've been kind of teaching and, and running the business, people would uh, email or ring up and ask about us and say, and say, is the training course accredited? And it's a really interesting yeah. question because you know, and you'll have you'll have kind of maybe been the other side of the fence, or you'll have heard that kind of question, um, you know, being asked. That, so. The first thing is nobody wants to hear the word yeah. no, right? You know, they no. love, well, <laughs> but, but actually, what they don't, what they didn't ring up for necessarily was a discussion about what that question means. But it's a really important discussion because yeah. uh, what do you mean by what do you mean by accredited? All they want to yeah. hear is yes, yeah. Because if you say yes over the phone, they can go to their boss and go, yes, yeah. it's accredited, right? Fine, we're okay. Yeah. Because it's a kind of backside covering exercise, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. a, like a, we can't get into trouble because we were told it was an accredited course, or you know, we've yeah, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But it's it, to me, it's really interesting because, um, yeah, what 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 does it mean? Um, we have nobody certainly in the in the UK that that accredits training providers or digital forensics training. Will we get there? Who who knows? Um, so. Uh, I think those are good discussions to have and, and that should be had like kind of within within the industry in terms of, well, what what credibility does, you know, d does this have? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And because um, you do have sometimes these courses that say they're accredited and the question is kind of immediately, like, well, yeah, who, with, yeah. who yeah, said but, you are accredited? By what whom and, ag and against <laughs> what, like, kind of thing. Yeah, what, so. what are the standards in which yeah. you are accredited? Did, yeah, you, did yeah. you simply send a check <laughs> no, you're yeah, and, and, the, and there's certainly um, you know there are you know both within the you know the, the digital forensics like kind of history uh, you know industry uh, but, but then more widely within society as a whole clearly there have been examples of that where you know whereby a particular badge comes from the fact that you paid yeah. some money to an organization but uh, and and 
it, it's right that um, people understand what you know what, who is yeah. that body um, how is that accreditation reached or have you but that wasn't what the people ever rang up when, uh, whenever they were ringing me to that wasn't a conversation they were looking for um, but, but that's where it takes you and that's always been my kind of my answer has been well, but, what do you mean but by, they also you, ask you know, the same of, of tool tool vendors so vendors huh? you know yeah, they want sure. we yeah. want your product to be accredited well you shouldn't even trust us if yeah. we tell you it is. You, you know, you should be validating yeah. <laughs> what we're telling you it does. And um, but yeah, yeah, always trying to pass a bug. And, yeah, and and you know, just to kind of maybe maybe it just requires you to turn that phone call around enough times that See, there's an experience trainer. I mean, kind of if they're going back to their boss saying, "I rang these people and I think I've just been spammed backwards." <laughs> um, then possibly <laughs> eventually we'll get the point across. But um, I, I think it's a very, very valid point. Um, who, you know, what is accreditation and what does it mean? And, and who's going to do it? And who's going to be trusted to do it properly when it eventually, because I think it will eventually come, but where, who is going to do it? And, and what's the impact and the cost going to be and the time? Yeah. And, you know, because we've seen, with forensic labs in, the, in policing, we've seen the cost and time I, I would hate to think of the overall uh, cost to, to the UK taxpayer of what has been spent in law enforcement getting units past yeah. that accreditation. And I think my, my personal view on that, we're going down that, we are going down that, <laughs> that, road, that path, yeah. aren't we? I, I think um, in terms of, uh, you know, the way in which um, some of the uh, accreditation has been uh, undertaken in the UK has kind of undermined the whole ethos of moving towards stand improving yeah. quality and improving standards, which is what it should all be about. Um, yes. And it's rather the, the way that that's been implemented within, you know, UK policing, which is n no kind of clear direction, um, huge amount of, of duplication yeah. and reinventing the wheel, which, I mean, all three of us have witnessed yeah. it, right, uh, across the kind of country. And as you say, Adam, the amount of cost that's been associated with that, because as you know, generally speaking, within a particular unit, the most senior, the most experienced person got yeah. taken off of casework to work on, um, you know, uh, the accreditation side or what have you. So a double yeah. whammy. One is you've lost a key member of staff and B, um, you know, they're working on something that was not their yeah. background, um, you know, necessarily, but that's then multiplied, uh, you know, around the country because that's happening here and here and here yeah. and here. But um, yeah. But oh, no, yeah. good fun, yeah, and right. as per normal, Phil and I go off on a tangent. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, it's uh, the, the other word, and, and the other um, is is the C word. Of course, we've talked about one C word, which was competency, and now you're worried, right? <laughs> That's yeah. What you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> and now you're worried, but it is is that of certification? Yeah. Because certification yes. is, of course, yeah. the other word that gets bounced around um, again without necessarily uh, having that kind of, you know, pre-discussion or the background conversation of like certified against yeah. what or, or certified <laughs> to, to do what. And, and, and I think all of this kind of comes back to the accreditation and the certification all comes back to the need to kind of uh, across the industry, you know, and we're talking, you know, not just UK policing or UK digital forensics, but around the world, you know, competencies ultimately you know in terms of identifying what what do we expect somebody in this role to be able to do because any kind of um 
training program um, that might lead to a certificate or, or any accreditation of a particular, you know, whether it's accreditation of a tool or whether it's accreditation of, you know, of an educational program, you have to have something that you're going to kind of score yeah. it or measure it against, haven't you? And, and I think until we've got that, until we've got agreed definitions of competencies of what a digital forensics technician should be capable of doing or what a, you know, a kiosk examiner should be kind of capable of doing, regardless of tool, regardless of yeah. a, a vendor necessarily, until we've got those things agreed, how can you certify anything? How can you accredit anything? Because you're only certifying or accrediting against perhaps what you yeah. believe, um, which is, is will have bias, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with, uh, with that thought. And it, it kind of, I, I don't know why I just instantly start thinking of um, a number of, um, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot now, but a number of online training providers <laughs> can not build online training. Why am I saying this? But there's an awful lot of um, sites out there that you can go and sign up to and, and kind of do very low cost online training for various things in, in anything and everything under the sun um and they all claim that you can kind of be certified in in something or other and like pay pay five pounds or 20 pounds for this kind of course discounted from five thousand pounds it's like no it wasn't mm -hmm. clearly wasn't um and you'll be certified in something but there's there's almost never something uh, anything to kind of Give, give some credence or, or, kind yeah, of or credibility where, like kind credibility of thing where to, it's to from. it. And yeah. I think we do ourselves as an industry, we do ourselves a disservice because, you know, if, if somebody would to come in like, uh, uh, you know, from a from a serious and well-established profession, like a, a lawyer or an accountant or something like that, and look and say, and actually drill down and say, okay, this person or this thing is supposed to be certified. What does that actually mean? Um, and of course, you know, there's a, it's kind of an elephant in the room type scenario, isn't it? Because if you put yourselves and, and both of you guys, you know, have been practitioners, um, you kind of know that, you know, you're happy to be able to state in your qualifications that you're a certified blah, 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 because saying you're a certified blah, blah, blah sounds yeah. really good, doesn't it? Yeah, because the jury is going to be impressed with that. And the defense barrister might shut up and go and find something else to like kind of look at. But but there's an element of a shroud ab yeah. about it, isn't there? Because we're giving grand titles to things that aren't yet mature enough to have those grand titles. And I don't mean that's not a dig at any one organization or one mm. tool or anything like that. It's a, it's a, it's a state of the yeah. industry type thing. And I'm, I'm reminded of um, uh, a, a fantastic presentation that I saw from uh, BJ Gleason, who was um, working in digital forensics, I think University of Maryland, but randomly, I met him in Hong Kong. Um, a, a, an H I'm trying to think of whether it was an HTCIA event. I think it may have been. But he gave this fantastic presentation. I can't remember much from that long ago in 2007. But the first <laughs> chart in his presentation was the uh, Microsoft certification uh, kind of pathway. And it was like, you know, for like MCSE or what have you, it was from this yeah. to this to this. And then you became a one of these and then you did this, a nice linear like kind of chart. And then he said, and then here's Cisco's like kind of certification. And what is it? 
CCNA. Yeah. I'm trying to even yeah. remember what the acronyms are, but you've got their various different like kind of, and it's all very structured and blah, blah, blah. And then he said, and, and here is the digital forensic certification pathway. And it was, <laughs> it was just like a child is scribbled on a slide with a crayon, like kind of thing. And, and everyone at first, before he revealed the slide, was just like kind of on the edge of their seats because, like, oh, wow, like a training pathway in digital, yeah. you know, like a certification Amazing. pathway. Yeah. This is what I need. And then it was like, yeah, child drawing on something with a crayon. And, and that was 14 years yeah. ago. And uh, yeah. I don't yeah. think we're there yet necessarily, no, like I, kind of thing. But um, I think I, I, I think you're right, and it, it, it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it right now. And it's the thing is, the reason it's funny is because yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, exactly. And that's why everyone in the room was laughing, like kind of thing, because they kind of knew that you know it wasn't where we want to be, because we want no. to have defined competencies and, and what a particular piece of software yeah. or an individual should be able to do. But until yes. we've got those things down and agreed, um, the ability to certify or accredit yeah. is really difficult, right? Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I, I remember when I went back to, um, uh, to, to, to Beds Police and um, in, as a forensic examiner and, um, oh, we've lost Adam. <laughs> it's fine. He'll be back. He always comes back. Um, but when I went back as a forensic examiner and, and kind of was asked to help out with their training pathway. Uh-huh. with ISO competence and things like that with my background in training. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that sounds great. And and one of the things that I really wanted to do, just never got the opportunity really to, to implement it because of time and, and what what's not, um, was kind of to, to go through and review all of the digital forensics training that was available uh, out there, um, look at all the different courses that were available and actually break those actually down into outcomes and yeah. competencies yeah, and absolutely. say right what do you actually learn on this course because yep. there's so many courses where you go on yep. and, and people the feedback is oh it was a nice course i mean i did 80 percent of it the other week when i went on this other uh-huh. training yeah. course but the rest of it was quite nice and fun and it was you know but what i wanted to do was actually break it down so that you could actually have a right this role requires these yep. competencies these learning outcomes need to be ticked Yep. For you to to kind of get that as you've as you've quite rightly put the the, the formal training uh, before the experience or or after, um, uh, and then by tick by basically having a matrix of these courses tick these different boxes at this current moment in time, you could almost kind of look to then try and work out the best yeah what's the combination best yeah. um, to get everybody trained in the right competencies, yeah. and then if people came in from outside the industry, I'm going to let Adam back in. We probably should. You probably should. <laughs> He's back. Um, but yeah, but to, to um, if if we actually kind of had this matrix, you could actually then have people coming in from outside of the the organisation with external qualifications of their own, or degrees, or, or yeah. other kind of um, formal qualifications that you could then say, right, well, let's see what your degree taught you. Yeah, let's what does see that what give you? Learned you? Here, yeah, and where let's are the work gaps? it out on the matrix and we'll work out what we need to send you on and where, where you need to learn. Exactly. Um, and and I think it would... Uh, you're absolutely right. I agree 100% um, is that if you can then, you know, kind of measure in... And, and it's not scientific necessarily, but you're measuring in a, in a kind of quantifiable way what learning outcomes does this, you know, does this program like kind of deliver against. Hugely valuable to the organisation sending people on training because otherwise you're kind of crossing your fingers and you're, you're kind of guessing and, and, and hoping or basing it. it on previous attendees experience which 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 could be variable um 
but also it helps training providers or it would help training providers because you can then say, well, you know, you know, body XYZ has said that these are the, you know, 50 competencies or what have you, you know, and this program delivers against these or, or can, you know, actually deliver or develop training to meet those. Right. And then you yeah. might have two or three different training providers, each with a course that kind of hits those in different ways. But at least, you know, this is an equivalent of this, or at least it's like kind of intended to be or is like kind of 80 percent, um, you know, the same kind of target content. So it, it helps, you know, training providers. I think if there's something to, you know, if there's a uh, whether it's a standard or whether it's a piece of legislation or whatever it happens to be, if there's a fixed mm. like kind of target, you can work, you can design to that can't you go right okay how would we approach teaching these things so i don't think you know there's kind of a perception that maybe that kind of becomes sterile and uniform and everything else and i don't think that would be true at all i think you'd see lots of different kind of creative uh approaches but the the challenge is in in getting those you know learning outcomes and, and, and kind of competencies written in a sufficiently kind of um, vendor neutral and, and, and technology abstracted like kind of uh, way so that they don't yeah. need updating every five minutes. Well, that, that's yeah. it. Yeah. It needs to be inclusive of all of the different providers within the industry. For sure. Um, but yeah, having that kind of standardization, it would, it would mean that, that you could customize pathways for specialist roles or specialist um, environments or people that are hybrid in their roles or whatever it is they're going to do. So you get so many hybrid roles where people are part examiner part investigator um yeah. and and it would also mean that organizations could better utilize public funds in spending and working out their training budgets for the future because they could say look we've got this framework <laughs> we can work towards yeah we've got these roles we need we've got these people they've got these competencies this stuff needs refreshing or updating uh, these are the gaps that we've got okay those are the courses they need and that's how much it costs yeah yeah. Done. Oh, what's next? Kind of. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's the, the the taxpayers footing the bill, like kind of thing. So there's a, a moral and ethical obligation, or have you, to spend, you know, to spend that money wisely. So yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, but we, we, I mean, we could talk about this all night, couldn't we? Uh, we have. Quite honestly, we have talked about it all <laughs> yeah, night. Have, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say my favourite line of the last two episodes, which is, "I'm very conscious of time." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is there there needs to be some kind of either <laughs> either something that uh, either a flag or an audio yeah. clip or something yeah. like that or uh yeah I'll, I'll get the little animated adam and i don't know me people that I've, I've built and kind of we'll, we'll get adam to animate them across the screen as uh, kind of certain points yeah, so. when i was putting together episode two sort of part of our opening 10 minutes is we really need to make these shorter. And episode yep. two was longer. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like straight away. It was like, right, we need to cut it down. We need to give you, sh- yeah. yeah, less less time in episode one. And it's like, no, we went over by about yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, just at the end of my my last round, you know, the, the soapbox that I'm on or what have you, is that impacting my height on screen or what have you? <laughs> well, we may have to adjust it as you go. <laughs> No, no, I absolutely, genuinely, it's a fascinating topic. It's a really, and it's an important one for the industry. So um, I I honestly could say I'd love to keep talking about it, but I think we're probably going to have to kind of bring it to a bit of a close on there. Um, But thank you ever so much for coming in and talking to us about it and and give us your experience and your thoughts. And uh, yeah, standing on your soapbox for a bit is not just informative, but entertaining. (laughs) 
again, thank you for the invite and, and um, uh, you know, good luck with uh, with the podcast like kind of going forward, because I think it certainly strikes a chord and, um, and, and it hits the spot. So um, thank you very so much. If, yeah, if uh, yeah, we, we'd, we'd love to have you back at some point if you'd be willing to come on and, and we can carry on the conversation. We can see where we are in like six months or 12 months and kind of, yeah, we'll just carry on. <laughs> have a lockdown. <laughs> hopefully not hopefully no, not. Hopefully. awesome well um kevin we'll leave it there but thank you ever so much um all the best and we'll hopefully speak to you soon thank you guys thank you cheers okay he's such a legend <laughs> he is I, I can see why a shrine exists and a good shrine <laughs> a yeah. good shrine a good shrine yeah. yes um, yeah I, I yeah I, I know for a fact that I, I wouldn't even dream of uh, like becoming a shrine at any point I think no, no. Um, just yeah the man the legend uh, but yeah um, and for any sort of international listeners, um, be sure to head to Kev's website and um, some of his presentations he puts out on there. And um, yeah, there's some free yeah, stuff on there. Yeah, and yeah. Kev's always happy to give advice. If, if you've got something really interesting that's puzzling you, Kev just loves being involved in the industry, doesn't he? So he does. He's he's, a, he's naturally very curious, um, yeah. which is why he's been so good at, at trying to do research and mm. kind of R and D on forensic kind of uh, de- uh, forensics in terms of mm. practices and also devices and technology. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely really good advice there. Just go, go to the website, have a look. He's got some free videos. Uh, got all the courses are listed in there um, mm. as well that you can go on. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just go, go check him out. And I think yeah. he's got a few bits on YouTube um, for some of the bits that he's done as well uh, if you look if you look hard enough you will also find him doing stand-up comedy um so uh i don't think many people have seen his stand-up comedy but it's as you might expect uh, <laughs> 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 um uh yeah and well if you've if you've sat if ever, ever you've sat on one of his courses then you know his sense of humor yeah. um i i often groan uh, <laughs> but yeah <laughs> I won't say why because then it's still a nice surprise if you go sit on this yeah. course <laughs> um, awesome well thank you to Kevin for giving yeah, us the time you. to uh, to have that interview and, and record the stuff and we had a really good kind of natter and a chat kind of before and after as well and it yeah. just it went on for way too long <laughs> Yeah, I, and the, and the reason this recording has taken a week because I I think we finished recording that night probably about quarter to nine at night and I'd been teaching all day I hadn't eaten and I yeah, just said to Phil I I can't do I can't do another recording today no no yeah you you hadn't eaten I remember that yeah um you had to go and get food and it was ridiculously late so um yeah <laughs> oh well uh, yeah. but yeah hopefully you all enjoyed that and found it useful um and please feel free to write into us if you've got any questions or queries or thoughts or kind of views on any of the things that we discussed yeah. um and with that i think we should move on to our final part of the show your favorite part the forensic favorite part. absolutely so let's see what kevin had for us Okay, so 
We couldn't obviously allow Kevin to leave without <laughs> our favourite part of the show, <laughs> our forensic faux pas. Um, so, so Kevin, have you? We did give you some pre-warning, didn't we? So we weren't. You, you did. We weren't that was cruel. very generous we of you. We didn't spring it on you. But um, what we'd love to hear is if you've got any embarrassing or interesting or funny uh, stories that you can share um, of. Maybe things that have gone a little bit wrong. You a know. little bit a little bit awry. <laughs> a little, little bit awry in, yeah. in, in, in your in your time in forensics. What what have you got for us? So um yeah, and it's not so much imaging the, the hard drive and finding end case, but of course, you know, it's it's always funny <laughs> and I chuckled when you retold those stories like kind of thing because everybody knows somebody who has and the same things have come out. It's a rite of passage. It's yeah, in, passage. In, <laughs> indeed. And, and they should be a hat or something, shouldn't they? In the office, like kind of thing yeah. that, that needs to be worn for the rest of the day or the week. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's like you're, you're not a forensic examiner until you've done and, this. And, until you've done that. Until, until yeah, done. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, no, my, no, my examples were as you can imagine from from the training classroom and um <laughs> uh, i'm definitely older how much wiser am i i don't know but there was something i learned fairly early on um in my in my teaching career um which was um i guess the danger of clicking on something that you haven't seen before um <laughs> in a classroom with a set of students um oh, no. and you can imagine right you've worked in the industry long enough to know how that might go mind um, is racing already <laughs> yeah my, my mind is racing and i think there was there's two examples really that uh, that kind of spring to mind um one was um i was teaching a course here actually at y boston lakes across the way in one of the classrooms um and i'm trying to remember it may well have been some uh xoi training back in the early days of control f i was delivering mm -hmm. xoi training and exact training for msab yeah. and um we would um certainly have bought over time devices secondhand devices from ebay um which is of course, uh, kind of useful because um, sometimes there's deleted data that can be kind of recovered. And I remember this one particular instance where, and of course, your forensic tools kind of group stuff to like media, you know, you've got your pictures and your audio and everything else or what have you. And yeah. I remember just there was a, like in the audio category, and you generally think you're okay in the audio category, yeah. pictures, careful, careful video, that. Be very, very careful. Audio <laughs> should be okay. And I remember clicking on this, you know, on this play icon, and it turned out to be um, a clip from, I think it must have been Snatch rather than the movie Lock, Stock, Two Smoky Barrels. I think it was yeah. Snatch, the, the, the uh, Guy Ritchie movie. Um, and it was just an expletive-laden, like, kind of quote from, I guess, uh, is it Robbie G, the actor, who played maybe the part Vinny or what have you? Uh, I had to right. look that up because I, I know him visually, but I couldn't think of... And it was just, like, this torrent of, like, kind of abuse comes out. You know, in, like, about, I don't know, a five-second clip. And it was like... <laughs> Yeah, okay. I apologize oh. if you've been offended by the experience of this training course, but and, and everyone took it in good humor. So that was yeah. that was lesson number one. On the, <laughs> the the other example, which is on the, the, the same kind of theme. Um so we're talking back in 
I guess, you know, maybe 2009 or something. So um, we were using, um, so MSAB had its, um, its tool Exact, which many people mm -hmm. in the audience will kind of remember. So the physical extraction capabilities and decoding were within Exact, not within XRY at that time. Yeah. And, and, and the, the industry was moving really fast at that time in terms of the capabilities of devices you could dump. But then, of course, the, the decoding capabilities were moving on. So each release, mm -hmm there'd be a little bit more decoding and so on and so forth. And, and, and the device in question was one was an ex eBay device. So, um, and of course, as a trainer, um, you've done your homework beforehand, right? You know the data that's on the phone. You know the messages that are there. You've scanned the pictures. You know whether there's anything, you know, inappropriate and something that yeah. can be used. And it's yeah. like, right, I'm happy with this, like, kind of data set. But, of course, the tools moved on. The new release, we're teaching on the new release, and the releases are coming out <laughs> quite rapidly. And suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, this new version of Exact can decode MMS messages from this particular device, whether it was a Samsung or I think it probably was that it couldn't do in the last release the last time we used it so so we're re-decoding data that we've acquired before but hadn't decoded and of course you click it and you'll remember guys you know with an mms there's like a kind of play icon and you click on the play icon and then zoom up on the screen and yeah it was multiple people in bed um and yeah they weren't asleep um, and there it is on the projector screen at the front of the classroom, like kind of thing. Nobody's more shocked than I am. Um, and it's like and you're rapidly, like kind of clicking on stuff or what have you to try and minimize it, probably going bright red. I don't think we called her a, a coffee break immediately necessarily, but uh, I'm sure the students were um, far more entertained than I was embarrassed, like kind of thing. But uh, and you just wanted to melt into the floor. Yeah, just like, yeah. You know. It's just like t t take me away, right? That device gets a red sticker and it goes over there yeah, and we yeah. won't be using that one again so yeah i, I guess those are my faux pas it's it's don't <laughs> click on things in the front of a training classroom that you have not previously clicked on yeah. and you do not know to be uh fit for family viewing that yeah. that is very sound advice <laughs> thank you ever so much Les. <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> I was I was curious what you were going to come up with, and uh, yeah. you have not disappointed, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I hope there are people who have enjoyed those tales. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there are going to be people once once the world opens up a little again, and we start kind of having in person events and conferences. I really hope there's a few people that seek you out, yeah, uh, at the bar and just kind of be like. Mr. Mansell. <laughs> and, I, and I hope what would be really funny is if there was anybody who was on either of those two training yeah. courses who, yes. who remembers it like kind of thing, because, um, yeah, uh, I would think it probably uh, if, stayed in the memory. But if, if, if there is anyone from that course yeah. and you do remember that, please email us um, and let us know. Um, and we can reunite you with Mr. Yeah, Mansell. No, that would be fantastic. Special guest to talk about the trauma. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The cost of the therapy they've had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is. 
But just for for the for legal purposes, um, <laughs> this is nothing to do with chewing the fat. Um, we are we are merely presenting the information. Uh, not, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, amazing. Thank you ever so much, Kevin. That's yeah. um, uh, those are great uh, examples. We're we're hoping that maybe at the end of the um, this year's series that we're going to do almost like a best of, um, and and I imagine one of those might be yeah. might be in the in the running. It might be shortlisted for that. But, uh, that's, that's gold. Yeah. I, I, I can just see one of those Yorkshire officers now having your head put on snatch pictures. With <laughs> <laughs> a speech bubble and all sorts of exclamation marks and asterisks yeah. and hash symbols all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be prepared so, for the memes. Ammunition there. So. Yeah, no, bring yeah. it on, bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> Heather will be happy. Heather will be happy because there's bound to be a meme from that. And we know how yeah. much she loves memes. So, well, there yeah. you go. Then that should that should be the, uh, the, the that should be the output <laughs> afterwards. Like, don't yeah. think, some kind of meme off the back of the faux pas. Awesome. If you were if you weren't famous over the pod before, you will be now. <laughs> or infamous. I don't know. Yeah, probably <laughs> that one. Um, right. We've, we have taken enough of your time. It's it's it, it's late. <laughs> it's it's late in the evening. Um, thank you ever so much for all the time you've given us this evening, uh, Kevin. We really, really appreciate it. Loved having you on the show as well. I hope hope you've enjoyed yeah. it uh, and had a good time. Definitely. But, um, My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hopefully seeing you soon. Sounds good. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Now, I have to say, <laughs> when we were getting Kevin on the show, given that he is in training and not in not a practitioner in, in the field. I was really curious what his forensic faux pas were going to be, or if he was going to tell us, oh, I'm not sure if I've got any, because... Uh, I, I was expecting fire or something that... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, um, but when he when he said, oh, no, I've got a couple, and yeah. when, yeah, I I thought they were brilliant. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it makes sense what we were talking about at the start, that if you were part, then please get in touch. Yes. You know, you yeah. might have only just got over the trauma, but please get in touch. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious. To, uh, yeah. I would really love to hear from, from anybody who was there at the time. Uh, that but, was brilliant. But at least it's easier for Kevin now, because like we said, when phones are reset now, generally they do a better job. So hopefully he's still not getting true. any more of those handsets. Very, yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got more. I've, I just thought of uh, just literally now some more stories related to similar things, um, but I, we'll save it for the next time. Yeah, because um, of uh, yeah, we are we are getting to that point where we need to to close up shop really. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you again for taking the time to listen. Um, we really hope you enjoyed it. Um, hope you found it useful. Um, and as always, uh, please keep the comments, thoughts, feedback coming in. Uh, we love hearing from you. And, and if you've got any any suggestions on topics and stuff you want us to talk about, let us know. Yeah. Do you remember the email address, Phil? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the account saved on my um, yeah. saved on my workstation, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Is it something like? ctf.podcast or podcast.ctf or something yeah I'm trying to um... <laughs> I need to have it written like on a post-it note on yeah, the screen or something um, yeah I yeah. can't remember off the top of my head um, I'll tell you I'll tell you I will hang on hang on I'll tell you uh, it's podcast 
ctf at gmail.com. And there our Twitter account is chewing the fat pod at chewing the fat pod. Yes. So, uh, and we still don't have a LinkedIn. <laughs> no. One not, thing I not that. One thing I am going to quickly plug before we go is the new Start Me DFIR page, who very kindly put our podcast on. They did. They did. I'm surprised at that. So, so many a, resources on there. Yeah, it's literally just one mm. website that lists DFIR resources, and it's really good. And um, So, yeah, I'm going to plug that, and I'll put that in the links as well. Awesome. Yes, uh, we were quite surprised when that came around to an end. So it was like, oh, whoa, look, we made the list. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we made the list. Amazing. Um, and saw some really nice comments from a, a few people who... Um, Quite kind of said, oh yeah, found this podcast and yeah. um, kind of did a mention for us and stuff and uh, like it was yeah saying you know yes, there's not that many episodes, we're still new, but um, that people were really enjoying it and liking it and yeah, so please uh, keep keep those comments yeah. coming in and let us know if, if you want to kind of do a mention or uh, or a shout out or whatever. Yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. Sounds good. So, but no, another another great episode. <laughs> well, if I, I do say so, if, if you do say so yourself, <laughs> uh, made great, I think through through our our special guest. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, no, but uh, yeah, certainly honoured to take so much of his evening up. I don't think he um, expected us to drag him down to our level and just talk and go off tangents. But but no, he was yes. a good guest. He was, he was a lovely, lovely guy. So uh, yeah, do do reach out to him if you've got any questions you want to ask him as well, or reach out to us and we can put you in touch. Yeah, um, it's no problem. Uh, but I think yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, so for me, thank you very much and good night. Um, yeah, thank you for me wherever you're listening. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in and giving um, giving us your time. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, Bill. Cheers, Adam. <laughs>